the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. If we look to the answer as to why for so many years we achieved so much, prospered as no other people on earth, it was because here in this land we unleashed the energy and individual genius of man to a greater extent than has ever been done before. Those who say that we're in a time when there are no heroes, they just don't know where to look. The sloping hills of Arlington National Cemetery, with its row upon row of simple white markers, bearing crosses or stars of David, they add up to only a tiny fraction of the price that has been paid for our freedom. As for the enemies of freedom, those who are potential adversaries, they will be reminded that peace is the highest aspiration of the American people. We will negotiate for it, sacrifice for it. We will not surrender for it now or ever. We are Americans. France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. Indeed. Hour number two is underway now, nine minutes past 10 o'clock on AM 1420. The answer. This is the second hour of five that you will have with me today. Um, well, we're going to be interrupted uh, for one hour by Mike Gallagher, and I'm so glad to hear Mike from 11 to noon. And then at noon, uh, I will be sitting in for the great Dennis Prager today from noon until three. So we do have a lot of time for a lot of conversation today. You can dial now. We are guest free in hour number two. Uh, dial 216-901-0945 or 888 Either one of those numbers gets you here. If you would like to tweet to me, I will read relevant tweets on the air uh, to Radio Done Right, Radio Done Right on Twitter. If you're there, follow me, and we'll communicate that way. And on Facebook, it's France Radio, F-R-A-N-T-Z Radio. Again, all one word, no spaces, no underscores, and I will respond to comments based on posts there as well on the air. Uh, I want to pivot a little bit here to a couple of things. Number one, uh, Barack Obama's speeches over the course of the last few days, he has given at least two of them in which he has, <sighs> shockingly, I mean, unimaginably, tried to, number one, continue the lie that he and his administration told during his uh, time in office and during his time in particular when Hillary Clinton was his Secretary of State continuing to tell the tale of Benghazi as some sort of conservative fantasy, conservative conspiracy theory that they did anything wrong, that the death of four Americans, Chris Stevens, the ambassador, Foreign Service Officer Sean Smith, former Navy SEALs Ty, uh, Ty Woods and Glenn Doherty, that their deaths were not preventable. It's a conspiracy theory to suggest that the uh, Obama administration could have done more. Chris Peranto, as uh, Jim Jordan and I just talked about, was there. He was part of those trying to save the lives 
of uh, of everybody inside that um, uh, in the inside that uh, consulate. This is this is simply staggering. That that how many years later now the Democrats still won't accept responsibility for one of the issues that I believe helped lead to Hillary Clinton's defeat in 2016. One of the reasons we have President Trump in office right now is because of Hillary Clinton's role in not doing anything to stop the uh, the uh, uh, terrorist attack in Benghazi, Libya, that led to the deaths of those four Americans, and then the subsequent cover-up. The allegations about uh, an Internet video just ticked a bunch of people off, and they just randomly came in and attacked the con Bull crap. We know exactly what happened at that base in, in Libya. We know exactly how long it was planned, and we know who carried it out. And we also know that they were begging for more security, and Hillary Clinton, Secretary of State, sent none. So Obama is lying about that, and then, as I mentioned, he's trying to take credit for the Trump economic rebound. The Trump bump, as we like to call it, or many of us like to call it, is very, very plain to see that it is deregulation that is responsible for the Trump, uh, for the job growth uh, since Trump took office. Businesses are free to operate and work as they see fit, and that is thus in allowing their businesses to grow. Their manufacturing needs have arisen, which have led to more jobs, blue collar jobs, not just service industry minimum wage jobs, but blue-collar manufacturing jobs. And in addition to the jobs going up, the wages are going up, and Barack Obama is trying to take credit for that. So I want you to listen to a little bit of Obama, and then we'll respond to some of this. This is uh, Barack Obama. Back to the Benghazi part of this. Four Americans lost their lives, and according to Barack Obama, it's a fantastic conspiracy that the Republicans were putting forth. And I'm going to have this for you, I promise you, in about one second here. Barack Obama, uh, this is he is speaking uh, in Urbana, Illinois, last week on this. But over the past few decades, the politics of division and resentment and paranoia has unfortunately found a home in the Republican Party. By the way, I have to pause there. The politics of division and resentment, says Barack Obama, has found a home in the Republican Party. The man who once ridiculed half the country as bitterly clinging to their guns and their religion is saying that the politics of division and resentment live in the Republican Party. Really. This Congress has championed the unwinding of campaign finance laws to give billionaires outside influence over our politics. You mean billionaires like George Soros, right? Billionaires like Warren Buffett, right? I mean, do we need to go on? The the, the idea that this is somehow Republican-led is, is, is it's worse than fantasy. Systematically attacked voting rights to make it harder for young people and minorities and the poor to vote. Insulting minorities, and young people. Barack Obama, welcome back to the campaign trail, and I'm so glad to have you again so that we can continue to expose you for what you are. But Barack Obama just insulted minorities and young people because we are trying to secure our elections. You know, wasn't there a time very recently, like, I don't know, now that the Democrats are complaining about election meddling? Well, wouldn't, 
Wouldn't election fraud constitute election meddling? Wouldn't allowing non-citizens to vote constitute election meddling? Republicans are trying to do what? Republicans are trying to secure our elections, trying to require voter identification so that we can prove, so that our government, so that our election officials can prove that people who are voting are indeed eligible to vote, so that the dead are not suddenly being counted as voters anymore, the way the Democrats have for so long, so that non-citizens stop, quote-unquote, meddling with our election, illegal aliens, casting votes. We want voter ID, and he says that makes it harder for minorities and, and young people to vote, as if minorities and young people aren't smart enough to figure out where the DMV is, or BMV if you prefer. That's always an interesting source of an argument. Is it Bureau of Motor Vehicles or Department of Motor Vehicles, DMV or BMV? At any rate, I guess it's harder for minorities to find those offices than it is for uh, non-minorities, for, for the majority, for Caucasians. And, and for older people, it's easier than for young people who just don't know where those places are. It's amazing. They can find ways to get identification for virtually everything else that it takes in life that you need, for which you need identification <laughs> to lease an apartment, to cash a check, to open an account, to fly, to do just about anything and everything. It's easy enough to find a, a, a government-issued ID. But when you need one to vote, it's harder for minorities to do. Why? They're not qualified? Are they not capable? It's harder for young... Really? This is Barack Obama, who is in the process of calling the Republicans the dividers, is trying to suggest that part of our population is capable of these things, and part of it isn't. That's yeah, really unifying there, Barry. Handed out tax cuts without regard to deficits. This is a man who added, no, not added, doubled the national debt in his eight years of office. He raised the national debt by doubling it more than the first 43 uh, presidents in the United States combined. Now he's worried about deficits and debt. Slash the safety net wherever it could. Cast dozens of votes to take away health insurance from ordinary Americans. His Obamacare law, as it came to be, was responsible for millions of Americans losing their health care. Millions of Americans who had health care, had doctors they liked, had premiums they could afford, had deductibles they could afford. Millions of Americans lost it all because of Obamacare. And now he's blaming the Republicans for taking away people's health care? I mean, this guy ought to work for Stephen Colbert. He should be on the Late Late Show or Late Night Show or Late Whatever Show it is that Colbert does that I don't watch. But he's a comedy He's a comedy genius. Seriously, go work for him or Conan O'Brien or who are the other ones on there now? Jimmy Kimmel and uh, who's the other one? Jimmy Fallon. There you go. He should be writing for these people. Honestly, he's funnier than they are. Embraced wild conspiracy theories by those surrounding Benghazi. There it is. There's the money line. 
wild conspiracy theories surrounding Benghazi. Is it a conspiracy theory that Chris Stevens is dead, or is it a fact? Is it a conspiracy theory that Sean Smith is dead, or is that a fact? Is it a conspiracy theory that Ty Woods is dead, or is that a fact? Is it a conspiracy theory that Glenn Doherty is dead, or is that a fact? Is it a conspiracy theory that 600 requests were made by Ambassador Stevens and his support staff to the State Department for more security in Benghazi because they have been getting all kinds of intel that the natives were restless, that there was a lot of anger building in Benghazi, and that they were going to attack Americans at the Benghazi consulate. Is that a conspiracy or is that a fact? That's a fact. Is it a conspiracy theory that it was an internet video that sparked a spontaneous rush of the consulate by a bunch of of partygoers just out angry on a Saturday night? That was the conspiracy. Who advanced that conspiracy, Barry? You did. Susan Rice did. John Kerry did. Hillary Clinton did. Tell me more about conspiracy theories. And welcome back to the public light. Thank you, Barack Obama, for giving these speeches and reminding us all why we voted for Donald Trump. Back after this. Attention, social justice warriors. If you're looking for a safe space where your delicate ears won't be offended, this isn't it. This is the Bob France Authority on AM 1420. The answer. 1034, rolling along, are we on what is a bit of a mini marathon, a mini uh, France marathon? We got you until 11 o'clock, then Mike Gallagher will take you from 11 until noon, and then at noon I'm back, sitting in for the great Dennis Prager today. So I'll be with you from noon until 3 as well. And uh, we're going to try, we've we've been trying, as a matter of fact, some of uh, our amazing staff has been reaching out to... uh, uh, some of the organizations and entities that are pushing back against Nike and the Colin Kaepernick uh, 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 flap, the uh, campaign, the ad campaign that they're running with Colin Kaepernick, two colleges, one, the College of the Ozarks, which I want to say is in Arkansas, right? I think, isn't that where the Ozarks are? I think, and boy, I feel terrible that I don't have this committed to knowledge, uh, my, my knowledge, but uh, I think from, memories, uh, from memory, uh, College of the Ozarks is in Arkansas. At any rate, uh, the College of the Ozarks, which is a small Christian school uh, and kind of conservative bent as well. Uh, oh, you know what? Is it in Missouri? I'm being told it's in Missouri. It is. It's in Missouri. Okay. Apologies. It's in Missouri. So at any rate, uh, College of the Ozarks in Missouri is a small school. It's kind of a conservative-leaning school, too. Uh, and by conservative, all that means is, is you don't have a bunch of uh, uh, social justice warriors banning speech from conservatives in this place. That's the difference. Uh, they have already terminated their Nike contract. Any y- uniforms that their uh, athletes wear, if they have a swoosh on them, they are being removed, and the uniforms are being replaced with Adidas. They played a volleyball game this past Friday in gray T-shirts. 
so they would not have to wear the swoosh again. That's how strong they feel about the anti-police and anti, uh, anti-American anti uh, message being delivered by Nike through Colin Kaepernick. Another university, one of the largest in the country, Liberty University down in Lynchburg, Virginia, is continue, or excuse me, considering doing the same thing. We're reaching out to both those universities to try to get spokespersons on to come and join me when I talk uh, when I uh, when I'm on the Dennis Prager show today, and then also the mayor of a small town in Louisiana has uh, also declared that no Nike products will be purchased by the city for use in any of their recreation department facilities. Anything with a swoosh is going to be gone. So uh, it's a big deal. We're going to continue that story. Also want to continue, and I'll do this before I go to your phone calls real quick. I mentioned Barack Obama back, being back on the uh, campaign trail. And campaign trail for Democrats uh, in Congress, of course. And he has decided to try to take credit for the Trump economy. Remember, Barack Obama was the man who said, uh, toward the end of his presidency, there's not some magic wand that you can wave to make the economy grow faster than the very slow pace at which it was growing in his terms. There's no magic wand. Well, President Trump came in, and waved a magic wand of deregulation and lower taxes and more business opportunity. And guess what happened? Huh, 4.2% GDP growth, record low unemployment, record highs in the workforce participation rate, fewer Americans on food stamps than at any point in the last 20 years. Barack Obama, of course, had taken those to record highs. Yes, it was a magic wand, and now Barack Obama wants to take credit for that Trump magic wand, saying that the recovery started under his watch, and that the job rate was the same rate in, in 2015 as it is now. He's trying to take credit for the Trump economy. On Fox and Friends First this morning, economist Peter Morici was asked to break down those claims of Barack Obama uh, that he was responsible for the great economic cess that we are experiencing now under Donald Trump. Listen to this. I think it's worth our time. Apologies. It's not queued up to where it was supposed to be. That's uh, that's my mistake. It was, but it apparently reverted back. So apologies. I want to. I want you to hear this uh, uh, direct response from the economist. This Mr. is important because this is something that Mr. Obama worries endlessly about. Mm. That is inequality. Inequality got worse during the Obama years. They seem to think that that's a Republican trap. It's not. During the Obama years, inequality got worse. Now we're seeing low-wage workers getting lots of wage, uh, pay increases, bigger than average. You're, and we're you're seeing talking, them get a lot of training opportunities. You're, you're talking income inequality. The, the, the exactly. In, In, yeah. Okay. Income inequality is narrowing now that the Republicans are creating an opportunity economy. And yeah. that's a real plus. Now, you know, Mr. Obama can't lay claim to those accomplishments. He regulated the economy. Mr. Trump deregulated. Uh, he reformed corporate taxes. And that's encouraging all this investment and productivity. Yeah. And he also kept interest rates, you know, artificially low. That was a big complaint as well, is that we had such low interest rates for such a long time uh, that it kept uh, the economy more healthy than it probably should have been. There was a very cynical aspect of the Obama recovery. And the government borrowed a lot at low interest rates, but also he encouraged young people to borrow a lot for useless college programs. Hmm. I mean, a lot of young people, because they couldn't find jobs, went back to graduate school at second-tier universities and took useless programs, and now they're burdened with debt for the rest of their lives. Yeah. He used that to stimulate the economy. I mean, this was the, the worst Fagan act of, of, of any president in the last in the last 
last yep. two generations. Let's look at it. just a couple more things. Unemployment, uh, I went back to 2015, 2016. You saw labor numbers, 5 to 6% in 2015 unemployment. So he obviously wasn't talking about that in the comment we heard from him just there. Right now, we're at about 3.9%. Uh, more jobs and workers is a common thing you're hearing a lot right now. GDP numbers were around 4% quarterly, over 3% annually, and that's a much higher number than Obama was ever able to boast in the eight years he had to get over that uh, recession. Well, normally when we come out of a big recession, we get very robust growth. Yeah. But what Mr. Obama did was double down on entitlements. He encouraged people not to work. If there is a legacy of Mr. Obama, it's, all, it's the new leisure class of able-bodied men, millions of them, who are on some kind of uh, government handout or right. living off their girlfriends who don't look for a job. Uh, and that's thanks to Mr. Obama's handouts. Mr. Uh, Trump is creating an opportunity economy, the kind of thing that George Bush talked about he's delivering on. This is a revolutionary presidency in that regard. Yeah. Well, if you really want... To so that's economist uh, Peter Morici this morning on Fox & Friends First talking about uh, Obama's claims in his speech over the weekend in California that he was responsible for the turnaround in the economy, that the GDP growth, that the jobless rate, that the wage growth and everything else is a result of what he started. And as you just heard, absolutely flat-out false. Wage growth was absolutely stagnant when Obama was president, even in his second term. Uh, wage growth is enormous now in terms of its rate under Donald Trump, and it's because of the deregulation that has taken some of the handcuffs off of business which has encouraged investment, obviously, as you heard Marici say, and included, uh, obviously, a big increase in manufacturing, better jobs, blue-collar jobs, not service industry jobs, uh, the majority of which were created under Barack Obama. So Barack Obama is engaging in some you know, revisionist history here. He is trying to change the narrative of the past in order to try to secure the future for the Democrat Party, and it's important that we not let that happen, and we call out the lies every single step of the way. All right, BJ is in North Olmstead next. Hey, BJ, go ahead. Uh, congratulations on being on the Dennis Prager Show, and I hope you continue what you've been talking about today. And by the way, congratulations to our American public. I see more and more awakening, and God bless America for that. Amen. The biggest issue you've been talking about more than you may realize, and I think you're a little rough on the Democratic Party and your expectation of them telling the truth from Woodward to what's gone on on the uh, uh, Supreme Court nominee, the lies that these people can spew out is is almost as if it's offensive to them to even go anywhere near the truth. One of the things that has amazingly happened, and I can't understand how any former Democrat can continue to be with this party, the Democratic Party, is they have no value for the truth. Most of what you have been upset about this morning and pointed out is the lies from Obama. Let's not forget Hillary Clinton. She is the classic and most brilliant of all of them and blatant. But this is what we're facing is, is the battle of the truth and the lies in America today. And I think the awakening is taking, taking place, and I appreciate the time. And good luck this afternoon on your show. Well, thanks very much, BJ, and I think you're spot on about that. Um, it, it really is an awakening, an awakening, and more and more people are aware of it. But the, the problem is, what we're dealing with, while there is, I think, a great national awakening to this, and, and it's kind of cute how you said I'm being a little hard on the Democrats expecting them to tell the truth. Um, the, while it may be happening on a large scale, 
it may not be happening enough in regional areas. What I mean by that, of course, is there are still a lot of blue areas of this country that are going to remain blue. There are still a lot of blue districts, congressional districts, that are going to elect the, uh, you know, the, the Democrat either to stay in office uh, uh, this November or uh, to, to supplant a Republican who may be retiring his position. Because there are a lot of Republicans who are leaving their congressional positions this particular term or this particular midterm election uh, uh, cycle in November. And so while the awakening may ha- be happening that you're talking about, and it may be widespread, it's not uh, thorough. That's not the right word. It's not blanketing all areas. Let's put it that way, because uh, a number of them are still getting away with the lies and still uh, getting away with revisionist history. And we do have to try to fight them in each of those enclaves. Thank you so much, my friend. Let's go to uh, Donnie in Euclid next. Hey, Donnie, you're on AM 1420. The answer, go ahead. Good morning, Bob. I just want to commend you as Mr. Marathon Man over the last uh, month or so. So, well, uh, thanks. I, I appreciate I'll listening, it. I'll be listening in for you. One of the thing, the first thing that I wanted to tell you is for all of those people that are stuck having having spent whatever amount of money they are for Nike products, I'd suggest that you take a razor and cut that swish off and take some some shoe polish and polish over where, where, where it was, first of all. And second of all, this thing about Obama telling lies to supplement what the, uh, what the person was that was interviewed on Fox and Friends first, unfortunately I missed it. There, I don't know if you remember this, but in various urban areas, urban neighborhoods, EBT and SNAP used to set up corner-side application centers where all people had to do is just walk up, get off the bus, and apply for uh, for uh, welfare, for uh, food food stamps. And I don't know if I don't know how many people remember that. But this, I didn't. This I did stuff. not know that. No, I did not know that. Oh, and you yeah. see what these these are actual government. <clears throat> excuse me, actual government agents uh, setting up setting these up, or are they fraudulent? No, they, no, these were actual government agents sitting up on the on the corner of various neighborhoods within in the hood. Right, right. Yeah, in the inner cities, in the impoverished areas, basically trying to get more and more people signed up for food stamps. Uh, yeah, and exactly. and again, and and why is that? Because of Obama's basically trying to get, trying to disincentivize people from working and to get right. as much as they could off of food stamps. And for what purpose? And that, of course, is because they're going to say, oh, they gave me free stuff. I'm going to keep voting for them. Exactly. They, 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 you know, the more people they sign up, the more they, they, they creep into these people's minds that, hey, we're the ones who will take care of you. Look at us. Just sign right here, and we're going to give you this card, and you go spend it however you want it. And, oh, by the way, there are limitations. You can't buy alcohol with it or other things. But you know what? There's plenty of other people who might want it, and they'll go buy food with it, and you can take uh, whatever they give you oh, for the cash and go buy what you want. And by by the way, keep coming back to us, and we'll have them for you every single week. Yeah, I got news for you, Bob. There are there there are stores down there that would take that for forty. Oh, I'm sure there were. I'm sure there were. Yep, and they and they do it off the books, obviously, so that uh, you know the, the 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 clerk or the worker or whatever will just take the take the card and use it and just give them cash back out of their pocket for it. You know, yeah, yeah. It's it's so easy to scam, which is why it's so important to note that. Uh, EBT card and food stamp recipients is is on its way to a record low 
under President Trump, and that's the way it's supposed to be. 1048, we'll get our final check of traffic here, and on the other side of that, a few more of your phone calls before the top of the hour, and Mike Gallagher, and again, I'll follow Mike Gallagher back to the microphone coming up at noon on the Dennis Prager Show here on AM 1420, The Answer. Ten fifty one, final segment of the Bob France Authority for this Monday morning. Appreciate you joining me. If you are are enjoying the conversation and you would like to hear it continue, it will. I'll be sitting in for Dennis Prager coming up at noon today. You'll have Mike Gallagher coming up here in just about uh, 11, 12 minutes. Uh, and then I'll be back at noon uh, to take over Dennis's program across the country. Uh, for now, we go back to the phones. And if you want to get in between now and the top of the hour, dial it, 216-901-0945 and 888-281-1110. Do that right now. Jan in Cleveland is next. Hi, Jan. Thanks for joining us. Go right ahead. Oh, hi there. You know, uh, I'm, I wonder who benefited more from the outrageous tuition in uh, universities and colleges. Uh, that's, gonna, going, that's giving a whole group of uh, new graduates with, with these huge uh, tuition payments hanging over their head. Yeah, or college debt. Or cleaning, cleaning out their, their parents, whatever they hope to uh, help their children with or leave for inheritance. And what party do you think benefited from uh, all of that money that was poured into the universities and colleges? Well, poured in by whom? You were, you're talking about the, by, the student loans by, that were granted? Yeah. The student loans that were granted? Uh, uh, well, you're asking a kind of a loaded question. If you're talking about the amount of tuition money spent by the private uh, sector, meaning by parents, versus the... the um, Student loans that were guaranteed by the government, uh, the, the, uh, the, the banks are the biggest beneficiaries. Okay. Uh, we're talking about billions of dollars every year of student, loaned, uh, student loans that are made by banks through, uh, that are backed by the federal government. And, uh, and as you point out, billions of dollars every year are taken on in debt then by students who have to pay that debt back at around 7 or 8% interest uh to, which are which is decent interest rates obviously it's not like a credit card at 22 so that, but so but that, that, but that, those banks are making out like bandits so that that doesn't really uh Im- improve uh enrich professors and universities per se it's the it's the government that is well no 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 don't get me wrong jan i'm just i'm, I'm just trying to answer your question yes of course the the salaries of professors are directly impacted by how you know the enrollments and how much money and they're who taking do they in. vote for oh they're 99 percent democrat that's i guess that's the point i'm trying to make oh okay i apologize Thanks. so yeah i got you now so so jan i was mis- misinterpreting your question and you you meant who benefits not necessarily from the financial standpoint but who benefits overall politically and the democrats benefit i got you Okay, so yeah, so to piece all of that together, and my apologies for the clunkiness of the question and answer, to piece all of that together, yes, the extremely high cost of tuition, which is growing at a rate 10 times the standard rate of inflation, year-to-year tuition increases are ridiculous, and that is forcing 
more loans to be made, obviously, like I said about the banks, but yes, more family contributions to tuitions as well. And yes, that money does indeed benefit the universities and thus their employees like the professors who are indeed indoctrinating kids to be in support of the liberal Democrats um, and the Democrat Party. So yes, you're, you're correct. So in other words, there is a cycle here. Democrats kind of conspire to raise the um, uh, the tuitions. They push everybody into college. Isn't that what they were screaming? College for all, as if this country doesn't need welders and bricklayers and home builders and landscapers and store workers and manufacturers and so on and so forth. We need a widely diverse economic uh, and industrial workforce. You know, some people are supposed to be in college and pursuing those things. Some people are very much suited for other things that this country could not survive without. They're the true lifeblood of this country. The workers who are doing skilled trades work or just blue collar line work, those are, we couldn't survive without them. And to try to push everybody into the colleges when they're, they're not for everybody and thus depriving the, the, uh, the, uh, depriving industry of the workforce that it needs. All so that you can continue to uh, turn out and churn out more Democrats uh, and more liberals from these indoctrination centers masquerading as institutions of higher learning. Yeah, that's a very, very dangerous thing. Jan, I'm, it took us a while to get there, but it's a very, very strong point that you make. Navy man Norm always makes strong points. You're next. Hi, Norm. Go ahead. How could you tell that Obama was lying yesterday? Ah, his lips were moving. That's a pretty good indicator, isn't it? Yeah, you know, a pathological liar, Bob, believes his own lies. And I, I seriously think there's something wrong with this man, because he does believe those own lies of his about Benghazi, about the economy. You know, for eight years, he couldn't get, he couldn't do enough blaming Bush for the poor recovery. And then he turns around and takes credit for the economy when President Trump personally approved it. You know, it's, it's just amazing. Norm, I might challenge you on this one in this way. I don't know if he believes his own lies as much as I think he condescends um, to the American people. He thinks we're stupid. I, he doesn't have to believe that lie to sell it as as sincerely as he does. I think he thinks we're dumb enough to not realize what happened at Benghazi. He thinks we're dumb enough to realize that this is, uh, or, or, or dumb enough to believe that this isn't a Trump economy, that this was, the groundwork was laid by Barack Obama's policies and so on. I think he thinks that he is so much smarter than everybody else, especially people on the right, that that he can convince us of anything. I don't know if he's pathological and believes his own lies, or if he is just up there, you know, spinning his yarns, knowing that he's so smooth and he's so debonair and he's such a great speaker and he's so eloquent that he can convince us of anything. I think he's just, I think he's elitist. I think he's narcissistic more than he is uh, pathological. Hillary, I think, is pathological. She doesn't. Hillary doesn't know the difference between the lie and the truth. I think Barack Obama does, and he feels like he can sell it because he's that damn good. Well, you know what? I think I have to agree with you because he's so used to addressing, uh, you know, the Democrat masses, you know, who are stupid enough to believe him, that he feels that he can just go on and on and on, you know. 
So you, you probably have a good point there. Yeah, I do. It's just just him. Now, that's not that's not all of them. I think Hillary is absolutely pathological. I think she uh, cannot tell the difference between a lie and the truth. I think she, I said this before when she was running, and I said this before when she was uh, Secretary of State, I think she breathes lies. I think she sweats lies. I think she sneezes, and lies come out. She cannot help it. It's what she is. That's different. She's habitual and pathological, different than Obama, who I think is very, very, uh, very, very organized and very, very, um, what's the word I'm looking for, uh, systematic in his the, the lies that he chooses to tell. Yeah, well, I'm glad he's campaigning for the Democrats, because that's a good omen for us. <laughs> yeah, it really is, because he is the reason we have, he's the reason we have Donald Trump right now, uh, his yeah. eight years. Thank you, my friend. I appreciate it. I've got to run. God bless. Uh, really, really great conversations today with callers and also with uh, Congressman Jim Jordan. Stay where you are. Mike Gallagher's coming up next, and then I'm back one hour from now in for Dennis Prager on AM 1420, The Answer. Enjoy the silence. Three-star general, Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.